Welcome to Gripping Business Tales Australia, the podcast designed to help Australian businesses overcome the regular and real challenges of being a success. Now, here's your host, Murray Smith. Dave Webster had the privilege of working alongside two of Australia's most successful entrepreneurs in Phil Salter and Peter Maddock, the founders of the marketing solutions company, Selmat. Dave held a number of senior leadership roles with Selmat, but his highlight was the building of the Letterbox Distribution Network, which was a business that aggregated 15 family-run companies from all over Australia into one powerhouse organisation. It was while building this business that Dave's passion for working closely with entrepreneurial companies and leaders was sparked. He became obsessed with helping people get everything they wanted from their businesses to ensure that all their hard work, courage and sacrifices were being rewarded. When Dave discovered EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system, it was the perfect fit in terms of bringing his experience together with a proven model that is real, simple and gets results. As an EOS implementer, Dave now spends his time working closely with business owners and leaders, helping them make their vision for the future become a reality. He is a well-respected and trusted advisor who enjoys getting great results for his clients while having plenty of fun along the way. Dave Webster, welcome to Gripping Business Tales. Thanks very much, Murray. Great to be here. Dave, as you know, usual traditional questions that start all our episodes is uh, if you could give us one personal success and one professional success. Yeah, sure. Uh, on the personal success, uh, I am a very keen uh, golfer and uh, I've always had a goal to get myself down into, into single figures. Um, been battling away at that for probably the last 20 years and never got there. But um, but this year I, I managed to uh, to make that happen. So... Currently got my handicap down to eight. Uh, it's taken a long time, a lot of frustration, uh, a lot of time on the course, but um, no, nah, it's been a really, uh, really good uh, result and something I'm, uh, I'm proud of. Not sure how long I can stay a single figure handicap player, but uh, I have been able to do it at least once. Well, maybe that might be related to your new EOS life, Dave, in terms of having time to actually do that and, and practice your golf. Would that be a fair call? Yeah, no, I think that's a, uh, a very good call and uh, yeah, very much fits in line with the, the EOS life where we can pursue our, our other passions mm-hmm. um, and that's, yeah, definitely uh, afforded me some, some additional time to do that with my golf yeah. um, and that would definitely, you know, lead on to the, the professional success uh, as well, Murray, because mm-hmm. um, after a long career um, with a company called Salmatch, which, which I'll talk about a bit more in a sec, um, I did decide to, to leave um, that organisation and you know, pursue a, a goal I always had for myself and that was to start my own business uh, in, uh, in a field or an industry where I could uh, use my you know, skills and experience to help uh, other companies um, make their visions come to reality for what they're doing with, uh, with their businesses as well. Well, it's funny you should say that, Dave, because that's the very reason we've got you on the show. You are actually an EOS implementer here in Australia and have been for some time. And what we're going to do is we're going to a deeper exploration about you and how you work with companies. So tell us a bit more about about you and about how you came to be, what you're doing. You've mentioned Selmat, but um, tell us your experiences there and and a bit about what you saw along the way and and what drew you to EOS. Yeah, no worries, Murray. Um, Selmat... uh 
some of the listeners may have, have heard of, of Cellmat. We're, we were a public, we still are a publicly listed company uh, on, the, on the ASX. And the business started way back in 1979 as uh, effectively a letterbox distribution business, catalogue distribution. Um, most of your, your listeners would probably resonate with the term junk mail. Oh, I'm um, sure they know, do, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, we are... Although, uh, although Dave, I'll just stop you there. Yeah. Most of our listeners probably think junk mail is something you get in your inbox rather than your letterbox. Yes, true. Well, that is the new, <laughs> the, the new digital uh, junk mail. Exactly right. Uh, but we were still um, dealing also in the, in the traditional form of, of, of junk mail, and that was the, the physical paper catalogues, which are still very, very popular um, right up to, to, to now. But, um, yeah, worked with Salmat for nearly 25 years. Um, always very interested in the, I guess, the entrepreneurial spirit because Salmat was founded by a couple of Australia's most successful entrepreneurs uh, in Phil Salter and Peter Maddock, who started that business. As I say, you know, basically, uh, I think delivering pizza catalogues out the back of a trailer uh, over 40 years ago. And over time, that built that business uh, with additional services into a, a publicist company that at its peak was... Um, you know, turning over close to close to a billion dollars. So I always sat back and watched how Pete and Phil um, operated and how they thought about business and growing business and just that entrepreneurial um, spirit and, and risk-taking and backing yourself uh, was something that really, you know, resonated with me as well, Murray. Um, and one of the things that I did uh, in my career at Selmat was um, I was asked by Phil and Pete to, to go and start or look to start a new business um, for Selmat called LDN, uh, which is Local Direct Network. And effectively what that was, was going around all of Australia and speaking to independent letterbox distribution businesses, which were generally um, family businesses, um, where entrepreneurs had started uh, their own business in, in our industry. And we wanted to try and um, get these businesses to think about um, joining up and as a new third player in the market, um, as a as a national um, combined uh, network, and um, and we did that. And over the course of about eighteen months, we were able to acquire uh, about fifteen companies around Australia to form, as I said, uh, LDN. And it was probably the most enjoyable eighteen months of my time um, at Salmat because I really got to work closely and understand how smaller businesses operated. And I, I did really enjoy. Uh, working with the owners of these businesses because you know they showed all the traits that I certainly you know respect uh, in business. So they were all you know extremely hardworking, um, very dedicated, very loyal, uh, provided amazing levels of service for for their clients, and they were just a pleasure you know to deal with. They were you know just real um, genuine, authentic people having a crack, um, and uh, yeah, it was it was something that always. Um, sat with me and when I was thinking about what to do next I thought well I'd love to try and find a role where I can maybe go back and work more with um, entrepreneurial you know small to medium-sized businesses um, that might just need a bit of help you know in terms of taking uh, what they've created to to the next level. Yes yeah, so it's really interesting journey that you've had there Dave and there's plenty of ways we can look at that. I might firstly just take you back to when Salmat was being built, you were there for quite quite a period of time in growth, I assume. What 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 do you think um, during that time was was the lessons that 
that jumped out at you most about when people are trying to grow a business? What what mistakes did you see and, and, and what successes did you see? And you thought, well, if I was ever going to do this in the future, I would do that or I wouldn't mm. do that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. So probably um, on the lessons learned, uh, I think, you know, when you're in an organisation that is growing rapidly um, and you're putting on uh, more people and you're um, gaining, you know, more customers, I think having a proven process uh, and structure um, in your business, you know, making sure that you're bringing on um, the right people, you know, to get around you that, you know, align with your, you know, your values uh, and your culture um, is very, very important. And, you know, sometimes uh, when you're growing quickly, you do become very reactive. So, you know, you might not be able to find the time to, um, you know, put processes and discipline structures in place. You know, you might put people on very quickly, you know, without really thinking through as to whether they're going to be a good um, cultural fit for the organisation. Uh, and rushing some of those decisions just to help with the urgency around the growth can sometimes um, work out to be, um, you know, additional challenges for you into the future. Yeah, it's really interesting you say that because I think uh, you do see, oh, we just need someone on the seat rather than we need the right person in the seat. Um, yeah. but if I, in, and in terms of that, um, that's a luxury sometimes you don't see in, in small to medium enterprises. So I'd be interested in your views about, you mentioned earlier, you saw 15-odd uh, independent family businesses that you brought together under one banner. What were the things that you were seeing in there that, that, that surprised you in terms of how the businesses were running from, it, from, from, you know, in terms of what they were doing and the revenue they were making? Were you surprised yeah. in any way when you started taking a closer look at these businesses? Yeah, look, all of them um, were doing well, um, but, you know, and this is not meant to be a criticism, but they were probably doing well, you know, in spite of themselves. Um, and what I mean by that was that they were all, as I said earlier, like amazing work ethic, you know, both the owners and the teams of people in there. So they're working a lot of hours. Um, you know, some of them were even working, you know, six or seven days a week. Um, and I think one of the key reasons that that was the case, Murray, was that once again, they were very reactive to what was happening in the business every day. So there wasn't that clarity around, um, you know, what individual people in the business were ultimately accountable for. So there's a lot of duplication of effort, a lot of overlap with roles, um, a lot of um, miscommunication because everyone's sort of going about their business day to day without having regular catch ups with the team. And a lot of the times the left hand didn't really know what the right hand was doing. So, you know, not having that, um, that, that disciplined um, structure uh, and, and not, I suppose, you know, being fair to those businesses, probably never really been taught um, how to, to run a business on a day-to-day -day basis in its most efficient way was the key gap that I, I noticed in those companies. So it's really interesting you, t you talk about, you know, businesses not being taught or, or having the, the guidance and so forth, you, you now find yourself as an EOS implementer uh, working uh, down in Melbourne and along the Mornington Peninsula and wherever the work might take you, I assume. Um, in terms of that, how have you found your, uh, your implementation process? Like in terms of the, the companies you work with, how do you find uh, uh, your work received in terms of uh, the outcomes that you're seeing with those organisations? Yeah. 
Yeah, look, it's been it's been really interesting, Murray. Um, you know what what has been quite consistent in the companies I've been working with to this point is that generally speaking, that they all have a, um, a, a an idea or they've done some work around their vision, for example. So, you know, they, they've got a, a rough idea of where they want to be in one, three or five years time. They've also got a, a, a rough idea on, on, on how they're going to get there. Um, and it's one of the topics that they have probably spoken about loosely as owners or with leadership teams. But what's really stood out is, you know, what obviously we refer to in, in EOS is, is the traction component. So actually having the, um, the, the structure and and, and probably the, um, the, the accountability in place around the execution component of getting to that vision is what's missing. Um, and a lot of companies have said, you know, we've, we've said we wanted to be here by this period of time or here by that period of time. They get to the end of the year, they do a review and they go, well, we haven't really, we haven't really moved. You know, we, we've, yeah. we've hit the ceiling. Um, we're frustrated because we've worked really hard. You know, we, we can't be working any harder. Um, but we're not seeing the results come through uh, either on the sales line or, or the profit line. Um, and when we walk through our EOS model, the thing that is really resonating is, um, I suppose, the, 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 the structure that EOS can provide around the execution component. So, you know, if you want to be in a certain position in your business in 12 months' time, you know, what are you doing every day, every week, every quarter to check in to see how you're going against that objective. Um, a lot of businesses just simply don't do that part and they get to the end of the year and they wonder why they haven't actually um, moved the needle. Uh, and that's you know, certainly been the most positive bit of feedback we've got about um, EOS is that, yep, these are simple tools, um, not always simple to implement, mm. but just getting that, um, that level of uh, accountability around uh, execution uh, has been a big breakthrough for a lot of, a lot of clients. Yeah, that's great. So how do you, in terms of a couple of things you've mentioned, the first one being a lot of the organisations you work with have got a bit of business planning or vision in place. How much of that do you think is related to actually making that concerted effort to develop that as opposed to we've got to put a business plan together because the banks want one or because that's what I hear everyone does, but I don't really know what to do with it? Yeah, yeah, it's probably more that, Murray. I, I really think that you know, businesses will get to the end of the year uh, or, you know, be the, be the calendar year or the financial year. And they've, they've, they've probably heard, you know, we've got to have some sort of strategy. As you say, it might be for um, commercial reasons. You know, it might be that the leaders feel that they have to come up with something to share with their teams uh, around their strategy and, and where they're going. But if they haven't had the, um, I guess, the coaching or being given a framework as to how to do that most effectively, um, it's always very uh, underutilised um, and in effect, uh, if it's communicated once to the team and then not followed through on a regular basis, it actually can become a bit of a demotivator. Uh, yeah, right. Business. Tell us more about that. Well, you know, what will happen generally in these types of sessions is that you might get a, you know, a team together and they'll have um, an off-site leadership day or a strategy day and you know that those days generally will bring quite a lot of um, energy enthusiasm and, and motivation uh, into the into the room about where the company's going and everyone's starting to feel really pumped about uh, you know whether it's the year ahead or the next quarter what tends to happen is that they all go back to the business 
um, you know, the day-to-day kicks back in and the phones start ringing and the customers have got complaints or the stock hasn't arrived or they've run out of product and everyone goes back into reactive mode, you know, day-to-day management. And all those exciting things that they were talking about in terms of strategy and and where they want to go, unfortunately, uh, find their way to the bottom of the agenda because the reactiveness of the business takes over. And then before we know it, another quarter's gone, another six months has gone. Oh, by the way, we better, you know, we better pull out that that strategy document we did the team to find out where we're going. Mm. And you know, nine times out of ten, you'll normally find the move, the the needle hasn't moved again uh, because they haven't been spending the time uh, on what they said they needed to do to bring that vision to reality. Yeah, it's a bit like a goal swing, isn't it? If you practice it once a year, it's not going to improve too much. No, and that's probably what I was doing, Murray, for the first twenty years and expecting a <laughs> miracle. So you, you've got to put the work in. There's no question. Yeah. So in terms of the listeners are probably hearing you, Dave, and they're thinking, I'd like to, I'd like to uh, understand more about, or I'd like to get in contact with Dave because he, he sounds like the sort of guy that I could work with in terms of implementing or possibly having further discussions about EOS. How would, how would people get in contact with you? Yeah, probably the best option at the moment, Murray, is just a, a message through, uh, through, through LinkedIn. So David Webster, professional EOS implementer, or directly on my mobile phone, uh, happy to give my number out, 0408 823 006. I'm just in the process of, of finalising my, my website for Traction 6. That's still another week or two away. But um, as you mentioned earlier, like I am servicing Metropolitan Melbourne. I'm, I'm based on the Mornings Peninsula. So anyway, anywhere down the, the peninsula into the into the Bass Coast. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to travel. I really uh, want to make sure that, um, you know, I'm, I'm providing a great level of service to, to clients that uh, are open-minded and, and, and up for a bit of change and a, and a bit of a challenge yeah. uh, because that is the other, uh, probably the other, I, I guess, not, not battle, but the other thing that potential clients need to be, you know, aware of is that, you know, EOS isn't just, you know, the latest show in town and, uh, you know, you can, you can do this for, for a couple of months and you, and you turn your business around. It's a, uh, it's a transformational change uh, mm. in the way that you run you run your business, and effectively, you know what EOS will help you do is we coach accountability, clarity, and execution in a lot of ways. So you need to be open-minded, uh, and if you're frustrated and you're looking for a way to change your results, you've got to change up some of your your, your behaviours, and that's why I really think I can help and add some value. Yeah, sure. I think that's true, Dave, and I'd also say that. Yeah, you're also contactable through the EOS implementers directory here in Australia, which will, and along with all those details, we'll put up on the episode notes so people can access you through that as well, as as well yeah, as, as as LinkedIn and, and so forth. Um, any industries that you're particularly focused on, or are you happy, or are there are uh, uh, areas where you feel more confident, or or, or industries um, you'd like to work with. Yeah, look, in terms of the industries I'm working with at the moment, um, so I'm in uh, a business that, that's, that's in digital marketing. Uh, I've also just um, started working with a, a client that's in um, construction uh, and also uh, IT is quite, um, is quite a, uh, a relevant industry for EOS. Um, so I've just also picked up some work for an IT company. But, you know, ter- certainly anything around marketing and advertising, um, utilising my, uh, I guess, experience from my time at, at Selmat, um, you know, would be a good fit as well. But they're yeah. probably, you know, four industries where I'd, uh, I'd certainly like to, to play a role. Great. Thanks, Dave. Well, 
You know, it's been another great insight into what it takes to run a business and some of the experiences that you've seen and understanding. And hopefully a few people have taken a few gems away with them today and hearing you talk, your experiences from Cellmat to now helping others experience, uh, you know, sustained growth, but also uh, sustained uh, ability to keep keep alive in, in industries that sometimes are very difficult. So, Dave Webster, thanks very much for your time. Thanks, Murray. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Another episode of Gripping Business Tales Australia completed. I hope you've taken some valuable tips away with you today. If you would like to access any of the tools or materials discussed, please go to the episode notes on your podcast provider. If you'd like to explore AOS further, feel free to contact me at www.grip6.com.au to organise your free 90-minute meeting to see whether together we can get what you want out of your business.